So here we are, friends, on this glorious morn to celebrate Jesus, who this day was born a long time ago in a land far away on the first Christmas morning, that first special day. Last night was a twinkle with candlelight glow as thousands and thousands of people did show to join us in worship of this baby king filled with good cheer and carols to sing. But here we are now on this Christmas day. We got up quite early. Kids rose right away. The presents are opened. The gift wrap is ripped. The clothes have been tried on to make sure they fit. The toys have been played with, the batteries popped in, producing such smiles on all our children. The skateboard, the iPhone, the Barbie doll house, the bicycle backpack, the stuffed Mickey Mouse. But now is a chance for us all to take pause, to take a deep breath from the frenzy that was... And ask this deep question for you to make clear. Did you get what you wanted for Christmas this year? Not sweaters or gadgets or candy or socks. Not stuff you can gift wrap and put in a box. But something much deeper that that money can't touch. Something you've longed for and want very much. Well, take a good look one more time at the tree, for there's one more gift there for you and for me. To see what it is, there's just one thing to do. Let's open this gift without further ado. A fruitcake, you say? (laughs) Is McGray's mind in a fog? Has your senior pastor had too much eggnog? (laughs) There is no more vilified food than this one. None other's been more ridiculed or more shunned. Historians trace the first fruitcake in Egypt when it was discovered in an old mummy's crypt. (laughs) Yes, the fruitcake had origins in old Egypt land, and I suspect the same one is still in my hand. (laughs) Compacted, dense cakes made of berries and nuts were buried in sarcophagi of kings like King Tut, They discovered in pyramids, written on walls, what Egyptians thought of fruitcakes after all. It said, Hamut natwara nupunat ibis, which means, you got to be dead to want some of this. (laughs) Fast forward to Rome when vast armies of soldiers used products of harvest to last through cold winters. Now, ironically, throughout the Roman Empire, 
there was only one fruitcake. It never expired. It passed thousands of folks day after day, and that one fruitcake has survived till today. There was one important day in 1517 when Martin Luther, wanting to make a scene, held a fruitcake like a hammer with a cold, hard steel core and used it to nail theses on the Wittenberg door. So, why, you might ask, do I bring this to us? What does a fruitcake have to do with Christmas? Well, here's the deal. A fruitcake's a sign of what is important about Christmas time. It begins with some recipes for how we can make our very own at-home DIY fruitcake. The ingredients include things like berries and nuts and sugar and leather and tar and fish guts (laughs) and flour and eggs and grated lemon peel and molasses and sawdust and essence of eel. But the one common thing in all recipes is this. The one thing about fruitcakes that one cannot miss is when it comes out of the oven from baking, There, it has time to cool, but there's one more undertaking. You take the fruitcake and place a plate on top and invert it onto the plate so it drops. In other words, one final step you must make sound is you take the fruitcake and turn it upside down. The bottom is now top. The whole thing's inverted with top on the bottom. The perspective's converted. Now, come to think of it, friends. As we ponder this thought, as a Christmas symbol, it's as good as we've got of exactly what happened when Jesus touched the earth long, long ago in a most holy birth. For during his life and throughout all of his teaching, the impact of Jesus was great and far-reaching. He took all of convention and popular wisdom and all of our assumptions, and he took them and flipped them. He said he was not here so he could be served, but that his chief aim in this life was to serve. And those who would lose their life, they will now gain it. And if you would save your life, you must now lose it. The first will be last, he said. The last will be first. The humble will be raised up and the proud will be worst. And if someone strikes you, then you must turn a cheek. Forgiveness of those makes you stronger, not weak. See, all of our instincts, and most base assumptions and all of our normal, most human presumptions are turned upside down by a Christ who's drawn near and taken our lives and flipped them on its ear. And believe it or not, as hard as it may be, that is the best news for you and for me. 
The great news of all is that this God above takes this broken world and pours down on it love. A love that meets all of the heartache and sin and all of the trauma and great suffering to a place like Aleppo. An Assyrian war. He says, blessed are the peacemakers who fight for no more. No more of the violence and bloodshed and tears who advocate peace that will last for the years. To those who are victims of gun violence and masses who've died where it doesn't make sense. From Orlando to Charleston and to Sandy Hook. From children to minorities to gay and lesbian folk. Jesus says, blessed are the mourners. For they will get comfort. They will be strengthened through all their discomfort. To those who are tortured by addictions to sin. To those who are yearning for new life to begin. For the homeless, the poor, the dying, the sick. For the ones who are hoping that their job will stick. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart. They'll see this God who is with them. God's transcendency. For the kids without parents and the family that's broken. For the lonely whose longing for friends is unspoken. For the soul that is anxious, the one who worries, the person whose life's just a big messy flurry. The one who is flustered and facing misery. In other words, just about all of us. See, this Jesus has come. To invert our ways. That is the message of Christmas today. This Jesus has never stopped lifting the lowly. Or raising the downtrodden. Those who are lonely. This Jesus has never stopped toppling the proud. Or bringing down those who are powerfully loud. This Jesus has come to show you a new way. To live with a hope that you can claim today. Look no further now than this manger of hay and find out who you are on this Christmas day. You are beloved. And you're not alone too. For God loved you so much that he came down for you. So that you can have hope in your darkest of hearts. So that you can have peace and a bright, brand new start. So that no matter what has gone wrong in your past, no matter the sins that have left you aghast, no matter what others might think or might do, no matter what they have said about you, a new light has come to this world. You know what? That light is so bright. Darkness hasn't a shot. This light is called Jesus, your Emmanuel, this God who is with you to say all is well. So face your tomorrow with brightness and cheer because this God is with you. This God has come near and no matter what happens, no matter what comes, you can know this. A new day has dawned. In the name of the God who created the heavens, redeemed us, and sustained us, we all say, Amen. Let's pray together. God, thank you for coming into this world and flipping it upside down. 
And we pray this morning for any of us, all of us, who are in need of an upside-down life. You come to straighten our crooked paths. You come to raise our lowly places. You come down to bring down those barriers that separate us from you and separate us from each other. Thank you for this new hope. Teach us to follow you, to trust you, to give you our whole lives, because after all, that is nothing less than what you did for us. And we are so grateful. We look forward to a brand new year. We look forward to 2017. We look forward to seeing where you will lead us if we will only follow. We're excited and we are grateful for your love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and let all God's people say, Amen.